Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. To be a guest or for more information, go to catbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash Network. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. Today we're going to have a great conversation about where is the money, where is business funding, and how to prepare for it. On the show today, I'm going to do my normal Cat Builder Minute, and I'm going to talk about telling your funding story. And I'm going to do a, an interview with Lonnie Sabor. He's with Invest Atlanta. He's going to discuss their new and old loan programs, things that are happening right now that you need to take advantage of. And then we're going to get into a conversation with the panel of Lonnie Marie Stewart. He's a lending person, helps you with your back office. And Ty Green also helps you with your back office stuff. We're going to talk about their experiences helping people prepare for funding and what to be on the lookout for if you're looking for funding. So we're going to do that. And for those of you that are writing your business plan, I know the hardest thing about that is producing the content. So I've created a free website called writeyourbizplan, B-I-Z-plan.com, that has all kind of free tools out there to help you put your content together. You can schedule a coaching session with me if you need help. But I'm trying to help you get this plan together because as you're going to find out tonight, without that plan, not a lot can happen. So I want to thank you and for coming out. And I'm going to go to break. And when I come back, I'm going to start with the Cat Miller Minute, then the interview, and then the conversation all today on the Cat Miller Talk Radio Show. I'll be right back. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me. But I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. 
That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Yeah, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. I want to just talk to you just for a few minutes. This is my Cap Builder Minute, kind of setting us up for the show tonight. But it's really about your funding story. What's the story you tell when you're looking for funding? You know, the two most important things to consider about your story is who are you telling the story to and why are you telling the story? The components are who is the storyteller? That's you. What's the business story and what's the business financial story? So as a storyteller, you got to talk about what your story is. Not the one you tell, the one they're going to find on their own when they Google you. All right, your website, your Facebook page. What are they going to find when they just put your name in? What's that story? Who are you online? What will people say when asked about you? And how do you present yourself? Now, you can control what they see. We're not going to talk about that tonight, but there are things that you can do to control what they see. You know, you can blog. You can do just a bunch of stuff. But you got to have a great profile photo, a great bio, and great profile associations. The next thing you talk about is what's your business story? What does your business plan say about your great business idea? What does your website say about your business? What do you say when you talk about your business? And then finally, the business plan. How current is it? People call me and they say, I got a business plan. I wrote it two years ago. You changed. The market has changed. Everything has changed. Business plan is a living document. It needs to be updated as you update your life. You know, um, how does it look? Does it tell a great story? Your website, how current is it? How's your website look? Does it tell a great story? And then finally, your pitch. Do you have a pitch? What story does it tell? And what's the user response when people hear it? So, and what's your, finally, what's your funding story? Why do you want the funding? Do you have the right funding story components? Does your funding story tell you how you're going to pay it back? That's one of the most interesting things any lender wants to find out. How are you going to pay us back? So you got to know why you want your funding. You're going to grow your business, purchase equipment, use this bridge capital. you got to know these things. But a good funding story is going to have a great business plan, a good, great financial statement, a great profit and loss statement, a great cash flow projection statement, and a great balance sheet. The big question, would you fund you? So in summary, have a great personal story, have a great business story, and have a great funding story. So I'm going to go to break, and we're going to move into, I'm going to introduce our guest coming in, Lonnie Sabor from Invest Atlanta. He'll be with me next, and we'll start talking about the great programs that Invest Atlanta has for you to take advantage of to help grow your business. I'll be back.
birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your... You wanted to see me? Yes, please, have a seat. So here's the thing. When this company brought you on, we took a chance on you. You didn't have that four-year college degree we typically look for. Right. But we gave you a shot anyway. And since then, you've worked incredibly hard and given it your all. Thanks. You've been an important asset to the team. But I don't think you can be an intern here anymore. We want to hire you. You're, you're serious? Absolutely. Find your next great employee. Introduce yourself to the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. I won't let you down. I know. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people. Talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark, and I'm back. We're getting ready to start this interview out, this conversation with Lonnie Sabor, talking about the programs that they have at Invest Atlanta. Lonnie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. It's always a pleasure to be be with you, man. All right, my brother. So, Lonnie, why don't you introduce yourself and tell them who you are, and then we'll get to talking about what you got going on. Okay. Uh, as Mark mentioned, uh, Lonnie Abdul-Sabor, Director of Small Business Development for Invest Atlanta. That's my major hat. And I've been doing this, Mark. I can't believe it. This month marks 43 years. I've been wow. 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 Financing small businesses. You know, over years, and I've been able to uh, definitely help oh, well over 700 businesses and leverage over half a billion dollars of wow. public and private sector financing. So it's been my pleasure and enjoyment, really, to, to work and talk to so many small businesses, especially minority business people uh, in the city of Atlanta, and as well as and other uh, elsewhere, well as as well as trying to talk talk to people just in general about just the, uh, the need for financing and, and, and the way to really position yourself to qualify for the financing and also make your dreams become a reality other than, rather than just a dream that you would like to accomplish. Right. So tell me this, Lonnie. Um, you, you, I mean, we went through COVID. We're still going through it. And uh, what are some of the things that you saw or you're still seeing as related to COVID that people are dealing with from a standpoint of lending? Yeah, well, it's a, it's a couple of things, Mark. Number one, let me say, let me say on, on a positive note, on a positive note, I've never seen so much financing uh, following minority and female businesses um, in my 43 years of working with small businesses. Um, I mean, when the pandemic hit, 2020, 2021, 2022, 
and probably part of 2023 as well. Uh, these are these are what I call uh, reparation kind of payments. I mean, I'm talking about people that being able to get all kind of grant money. Uh, I know we can we uh, set up the first uh, COVID-19 revolving loan fund here in the city of Atlanta uh, at the uh, asking of, of, of uh, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms um, in 2020, and and that money uh, was put out there like what's happening right now uh, at no interest rate, zero interest rate was zero percent. Uh, the finance we had back then was thirty thousand dollars of financing. Uh, we built in the option having six to twelve month uh, month deferment before the per- first payment was due. And this this is this was the foundation for what, what was going to happen around the country uh, because at that particular time when we launched that program in twenty twenty, the CARES Act money hadn't even came out. There was no PP money. You know, so we we got calls from all over the country from different municipalities, cities, and and counties and states, uh, just trying to figure out uh, how we did it, what's the best way to do it. Uh, but I mean, I've seen it so that people have gotten so much money, uh, and not, not everybody, of course, but a lot of people got so much money they didn't know what to do with it. As a matter of fact, but hey, I think it really this. shows that. Yeah, you said you said not everybody who hasn't been getting it. The old saying, I, I, I tell you this, Mike, the old saying, if, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. All right. So the people All who right. get it were people, that, people, who, people who were not, who, did, who weren't ready. I mean, they people who have been filing their taxes for like 10 years, they found out that, well, if I file my taxes, I get this, I get this stimulus check money. And then they, they beat me out the door of tax, tax, tax attorneys and, 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 and uh, CPA people and, and trying to figure out a way to get their taxes done in, in, in an expedited manner to allow them to access some of that money. So they had already been positioned to just nothing else to file your tax returns <clears throat> in a timely manner. They, they would have been able to get that. Uh, matter of fact, one of my clients, I won't mention the name, but uh, she, she she's an accountant CPA, and uh, she worked for H&R Block. But she and she had been telling, talking to her clients for years about, hey, you need to file your taxes. You know, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. You know, okay. Uh, they beat down her door so much that she became the one, uh, the one top agent nationwide block nationwide. Is that right? Right here from Atlanta, from, from Atlanta, right from Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that I mean, that tells that... me that the people were not, people were not ready. <laughs> We're not ready. I mean, was that par for the course? What, what would you say the percentage of people that were ready and the people that weren't ready? But when I see, uh, I would say probably people who weren't ready it was probably well over fifty percent. Wow! I would say, yeah, so people who people they weren't ready. They, they, they weren't mean, doing they, they weren't doing things right, and they weren't able to get any kind of money at all. Yeah, that's and what we got time more here, here a little bit. Yeah. But tell me this. Well, I, I think, I, go ahead. They 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 weren't ready. Now they've gone through it. Um, did they miss out, or is this new funding available? I mean, can well, they get of, ready? Well, some of, unfortunately, unfortunately, some of them didn't make it. They didn't make it through the pandemic. They didn't make it. Okay. Gotcha. There were a lot of businesses right did not make it through the pandemic. Man, it, it was just it was just too much. And then, then some businesses didn't know how to pivot. I, I, was, I was working with a business in downtown Atlanta, and their, their average revenue was like almost $2 million. 
but they cannot figure out a way to pivot during the pandemic and end up closing their doors permanently. You know, so it was also an opportunity for people, the creative, the creative people who were able to study their, their, their industry and their market and be creative in what they, were, what they could do um, and make the adjustments and pivoting to other areas and other things that they could do. Uh, some people made more money doing the, doing the new yeah, pivoting restructuring that. than they ever made. Yes, huh? I noticed that. Hey, man, I was so yeah, proud. Yeah. I, had a, I had a tear in my eye a lot of times watching these businesses pivot and take advantage of the situation. So uh, now some of the people that didn't make it through COVID were on a slow burn anyways. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, some, some were. Some were. Yeah, so, some so, were. So some were going to fail probably anyway. Uh, right. But there, there, there were a number that, uh, you know, uh, could have been, they were, they were doing, doing pretty well. And before right. the pandemic hit, and they just, but they didn't, they, their model, how they were situated, and they didn't think about, especially with some of the restaurants, you know, uh, like delivery services and yeah, uh, carry out, and they weren't so, they were so conditioned to, you come to my, you come to me, and I take right. care of you, kind of a situation, and they, they never made the, they couldn't make the adjustment on that end. So let's talk about Invest Atlanta. Let everybody know what is Invest Atlanta. Everybody, you know, I use that term a lot. Right. People invest Atlanta. What is that? Right. So, let's, so let's we invest in Atlanta. So Invest Atlanta is the city of Atlanta's economic development agency. Uh, it's chaired by the mayor. Whoever the mayor would be will be automatically be the chairperson for Invest Atlanta. Uh, we have pretty much two divisions: the economic development division, which which my office sits in uh, dealing with small business and also a, a business attraction and, and trying to bring corporate corporate headquarters and other companies to the city of Atlanta itself. And we have a housing division that really specializes in housing development and especially uh, a viable force in the community in terms of uh, low, mod income housing. Um, mm-hmm. You might have heard about some of the tax credits that these developers get and that's because they have set aside a certain percentage of the development to go toward to assisting low-minded income residents. Uh, so I, I call it how the, uh, how the poor have the rich get richer. Because basically right. uh, the developer developers are looking for ways to make this project feasible, you know, and then they find out these tax credits can definitely help them do that in terms of getting the credits uh, to, to buy down and reduce the overall uh, debt they've got to come up with. And, and but at the same time, though, it, it's providing a very valuable service to low mighty income residents, uh, not only in the city of Atlanta but around the country. So that's pretty much what what we do in terms of uh, invest Atlanta. And uh, right now, my major focus, I feel, the last several years has really been towards small business. And we've got a situation now. We've got a program, um, uh, an ATL Investment dot com. Uh, ATL and business.com and that particular vehicle allows people to to be able to access uh, uh, free technical assistance uh, uh, from providers uh, like yourself and other people who are actually uh, doing this for a full-time living uh, but able to access those services for, for the city of Atlanta. Now I will say this and I have to preface this because a lot of people who might be listening to this conversation we're having today don't have a business in the city of Atlanta. So unfortunately, uh, right now, you will not qualify for 
that program and other programs we'll be discussing a little bit later on because you have to be located in the city of Atlanta. Your business does or you have to be? No, your business does. Okay. So you, you can you can live you can you can live in in, uh, in College Park, you can live in East Point, uh, you can live you can live in, in Cobb County, Gwinnett County, as long as you're a business in the city of Atlanta, you can qualify for the finance. Okay. All right, right. So we have available but, to you. But what's great and all, about and what and you also, just said? Also, the, the free assistance. And also, the free assistance I mentioned earlier, that the free assistance there, uh, uh, and, 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 um, and home-based businesses, too, can also qualify for that. Oh, okay. Well. So they can get the help they need to get ready to get this funding is what you're saying. Right, right. So we, 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 we want to help them get ready. Help them get ready. All right. So what can you say? It's if, free. If they're not, if they're not ready. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what more can you ask for? You gonna help them get ready? Then you gonna lead them to the money? I you know mean, what I mean? Well, I mean, what, what, what else can we do, right? But I don't know. I don't know, this, I, I, I don't, this, I don't know what this, else you can do. So tell me about that new, money. This new, this new program, the new program we got, and that it's called the the Atlanta Recovery Loan. Program. That's mm-hmm. the name of it. Atlanta Recovery Loan Program. Now we got. I thought I, I thought I capped out at five million. I just got a word to end the day. Then that's a nine line. We're going to give you five point seven million. Wow. So we got five point seven million dollars uh, through this just this, this one fund. And we've got about ten, eleven different funds. Uh, but this is our, our, my, our primary push going forward for the next two and a half years. Will be this fund. So this fund here. Uh, provides financing between twenty five thousand to a hundred thousand dollars in financing, uh, and funds could be used for a variety of purposes: acquisition of commercial property, renovation, equipment, furniture, fixtures, working capital, and and and, and uh, inventory, um, and and wow. and at a, a rate not to exceed three percent. So it could be as low as one or two, but it won't get. It will never go over three percent. And those rates, are, as all of our programs are, as you know. These are fixed rates. These are not variable rates tied to wow. time and that kind of thing at all. These are all fixed rates. And the good thing now is that for the first time, we're able to actually finance businesses that are home base, have been having home base for at least two years or longer within what's known oh. as the Community Development Impact Area, CDIA, which are low-mod targeted districts uh, around the city of Atlanta. Give you an idea about those right now. Anyway, it's still... Uh, West End, for example, is in that area. Auburn Avenue, Edgewood, Camelton Road, you know, Bill um, uh, uh, Sylvan, uh, maybe just a few areas. Uh, uh, I think I mentioned Auburn Avenue and Edgewood. Yeah, you but, did. Uh, yeah, you those, did. Are some, those, those are some examples of some of the corridors around the city that, that could qualify if you're a home-based business and you live in those areas. Uh, you could also uh, call the financing I'm talking about right now between that twenty-five and hundred thousand dollars in financing now, and also for for the very for the very first time, although we did finance, I financed in the nineties through a company we had called Atlanta Local Development Company, which is a five hundred one c three CDC operation. Uh, we financed a gentleman that owns uh, Popeyes uh, and at Arthur Jackson International Airport. Uh, back in the 90s, and that that one project that we financed at the airport went on to become the number one top-grossing Popeyes, not in Atlanta, not in Georgia, not in the United States, but in the entire world. 
Wow. I'll tell you what. Uh, and and, 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 and Hotspur Airport is still the number one business airport in the world. So that does, wow. that does help, right? So now, so wow. now, now uh, because we, we found out, I already knew this, but now it's been verified that the, the city, because the city of Atlanta actually owns the property at the airport, and everybody else, uh, other counties are actually leasing that property from the city. Uh, with this new money we have, which is not federal money, not city money, uh, but private sector money, uh, allows us to be creative and to finance existing businesses at Hartford Jackson National Airport or people who might want to go there and have an opportunity to go into the airport. So this program here, the Atlanta Recovery Loan Fund, can assist them as well. And that could be a game changer for a lot, a lot of people, especially if you are, if you have an open mind in this where you're looking at uh, having your business be located at, at, at the uh, airport here in Atlanta. Airport. Uh, but 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 what what Maynard Jackson did when he pushed everything forward with the airport, uh, he opened it up for other possibilities for you to leave Atlanta and go to uh, maybe in New York, go to Chicago. Yeah, so now you've got a track record with your operation gotcha. that you can move around the whole country. And so that that's 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 a a game changer for a lot of us who are trying to grow and expand our businesses. And you use the word creative about your lending. Let's talk about what qualifies you. How creative are you on what qualifies you to get the money? You know, because everybody got took a hit during COVID. A lot of businesses, you know, credit, you know, um, went down. Some people went up. But let's talk about what qualifies yeah. mm-hmm. you for some of these opportunities. Yeah, okay. The, the number one thing that qualifies you, of course, is you be located in the, in the city of Atlanta. That's, that's, that's probably number one in some, some location. Uh, number two, I would say, is that uh, you're looking for financing that we can kind of assist you with. Normally, we're looking, as I mentioned, probably $100,000 to 10 is the kind of the range. Uh, the average loans we made over the years have been somewhere around maybe $50,000 uh, as an average. But we've got, as you, as you know, we've gotten below and we've got above that, too, on a case-by-case mm-hmm. basis. Uh and then, you know, uh, one of the main things, of course, is even even if, uh, and then during the pandemic, we would ask people, well, we know, you know, you, we, 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 we realized that most of you guys, uh, your sales went down. Uh, we would like to know uh, what did you, how did you, how did you, what changes have you made? How you, how has, number one, how has the, um, the, uh, the situation with the COVID-19 situation uh, impacted your business, and what steps did you take and are you taking uh, to deal with that? And so uh, that was one of our requirements. It was a couple of uh, – one of the new programs we had, which is now coming to the end, the, uh, uh, the uh, Atlanta Cares Revolving Loan Fund, that was tied directly into to money. We got, we got right about $837,000 of new money uh, from the EDA uh, and set up the Atlanta Cares Reviving Loan Fund, and uh, and that that's that's and they were we were one of the few cities around the country that got hand selected by EDA uh, to get money on a non-competitive basis because normally you have to you got the all these cities in the around the country competing against each other to get the award. But I track record with a fund we have called the Phoenix Fund, which is funded by EDA uh, back in the 90s. 
uh, has been so successful that they selected us to get that money uh, without any competitive bid- bidding at all. Wow! In place. Wow! Yeah. So we had so we asked so we asked in, in the application process that the, the applicants have to tell us exactly how they were impacted by COVID, and then the changes they made. You know, so okay. as you go, so forward, they got to tell not, a good not, funding story, like what I said. <laughs> they got to tell a good story. Right, 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 and, and so and, and now uh, even even moving forward, it's just a matter of uh, having your your business plan. So we look for evaluation of your business plan, where you are, where you where, where you were before, where you are right now, what your plans are, and that sort of thing. And it has to be realistic. So uh, the information you share should be realistic. And then also your projection. We we do ask for two year financial projections, okay. uh, which should also be realistic. And then anybody's asking for working capital, I would tell them if I say you're asking for working capital. You need to show us that you need the working capital. A lot of people, when they do projections, they they get so impressed by the higher numbers they think they're going to be doing over the next two or three or five years uh, that they just put these these figures out there. You know, I, right now I'm doing 150,000 dollars a year, but I know in two years I'll be doing three million. So <laughs> my thing is, okay. you got to show me how how are you going to go from 250, 150 a year to three million. In a right. couple of years, right. you know, and then what your staffing looks like? Is your staffing in place to be able to do something like that? You know, is your capacity, is your equipment? Because people don't realize that uh, when you show that kind of growth, uh, you also have some ex- additional expenditures that goes along right. with that capacity because things that happen like that. So, uh, I, so I tell people up front, so you, you, you understand that we've been doing this a long time, so we, we kind of have a good idea about what how you should look. And then we have in the industry, industry standard books that we use anyway to get a feel for cost, good sold ratio, and that sort of thing. So I always tell people you should have an understanding about your, your industry you're in. Because nine times out of ten, your figures are going to mirror the industry situation. Right. You know, and so that that, that, that gives you some basic understanding about that. You know, and so uh, those are a couple of things. And then, I, then, I, then we look at the, the situation with the management team. So uh, we do what is known as a global cash flow, and with a global cash flow, it factors in not only the debt you have on your business, but also your personal debt. So you got three or four partners. Uh, let's say the business was doing real good, the business was showing a good profit, you know, uh, last year, and uh, everything looks sound on the business side. But then when you do the, the global cash flow analysis of the personal debt, of the, of the applicants, you see they got they bought some new cars, they got uh, some outstanding debt, credit cards, and things like that going on. Uh, when you mirror those two together, the business success and and some of the problems maybe of the of the, of the entrepreneurs together, uh, they might show a, a deficit there in terms of being able to take on this new debt to go forward. So that people should be aware of that that we don't just look at the the business, we also look at the personal. Gotcha. And then what is, what's, what's going on? Oh yeah, yeah, it, 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 yeah, yeah, it, it, it definitely, definitely matters. Yeah, so we, we look at we look at that picture as well. So tell me this, you know, you have a lot of loan programs and different things. I know we probably take up two hours if we talk about each of. Them. So where do they go if uh-huh. they were interested in getting a, a loan, or maybe we can talk about the top programs you have now and where to go to find out the rest. Where would Let's talk about that. What are the top programs that you have yeah, right, yeah, right yeah, so, now? Well, well, 
Yeah, I, I would say that right now we have, we have a we have an online uh, website www.investedmanner.com, and on that you have an option to, to go and find a find out about the small business program. So I did I did a webinar, and so the webinar and the webinar walks you I walk you through the key thing about the webinar I walk you through the application process. And the application process is pretty much the same as it was a couple of years ago, <laughs> and so it gives you a good idea about everything that's required for you to download into the portal uh, for us to make a determination on uh, looking at your, your uh, application process. So that's, that's one good thing. Uh, so all the programs, now there's a sheet, which you go there, there's a sheet, there's a grid, a flyer, uh, which lists, lists all of our programs. And okay, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten right now. And so the ten programs we have right now, are broken down into categories. Now, one of the things that we can do with you is, is assist you with uh, finding out which program is best suited for you. Now, the new program, the one with the 5.7 million, uh, the Man Recovery Loan Fund, uh, because it's so wide, almost everybody in the city of Atlanta could potentially qualify for that program. Okay. Uh, just off the top of my head, between you can be between twenty five and hundred thousand dollars. That's a good program for you because it's not limited to some of our programs. For example, like the Business Improvement Loan Fund program, I call that the Godfather program. It goes back to the nineteen seventies. <laughs> uh, that's that's geared toward the low mod communities, uh, community on impact areas, low mod census tract areas. Okay. Uh, and that's the way it was funded because this is money we got from, from HUD, and the HUD programs were related to uh, area benefit, job creation, or low-mod area improvement projects. With that in. Now, the other other programs we have, for example, the Phoenix Fund, is, that's a program that's really city-wide right now and goes between ten dollars and $100,000 in financing. Uh, right now, now we, we've... Uh, Approached EDA of waiving it, and we're looking at going back to a situation where we can waive the a, the need for uh, outside money to come in. Uh, during the pandemic, okay. it was limited to direct funds, but now now it's back to uh, a third of the finance. So if you need a hundred thousand dollars, for example, we could give you a third of financing, and the other two thirds has to come from either uh, equity money or or bank uh, SBA kind of financing on that mm-hmm. end. Uh, the opportunity loan fund is a good one too, in terms of uh, those at the middle size looking at growing, expanding. Uh, that program provides $100,000 of direct financing for expansion-based companies, but it has to be leveraged by $100,000 of other outside finance, even though equity, equity money or money that's coming from the uh, uh, private sector banking facility. Uh, another program I think is going to be good uh, for those those people who are looking at being incubators right now, co-workspace facilities. Uh, the Atlanta Ford Loan Fund uh, financed between $5,000 and $20,000 if you're going through an incubator accelerated space in the city of Atlanta. Uh, we can assist you with maybe further developing your product. Uh, some people have a technology-based uh uh, software that they're kind of working on that kind of thing. The program has been excellent to helping those people elevate. We have several people that went through our program here, got that money, and one one qualified for a million dollar grant. Wow! You know, so that that yeah, that was a good good situation. <laughs> that was yeah. a good hit right there. 
one of our newer ones, which is modified, is the Atlanta Micro Enterprise Loan Fund, which is geared towards street vendors. So people might say, well, you know, street vendors, man, you need no money. Street Listen, let me tell you one thing. I've, I've met some people who have four or five locations uh, qualified with the city of Atlanta, four or five vending locations around the city. Uh, one of them has amassed real estate of over a million dollars. Wow. So they, they, they've taken their money from the quote-unquote vending uh, market, uh, saved that money, invested that money, and they got other people because you got four or five. It's not just you working there. You got you got right. people you hired to actually employing people that actually work those spots too, and they and they've done that. So I would not be laughing at that. So basically, no, man. right now it's up to five thousand dollars available to you at, at at no interest with a six month deferment for the first six payment months? you even do. Wow! Right, and no, and and uh, we we pay the city also pays the. Uh, Closing costs. Wow. You see what I'm saying? You know, so yeah, then, man, yeah. tell you. And then, then the... <laughs> <laughs> man, you got a lot going on over there. So tell me this. Let me just last one, though, the community loan right. fund. And that's one where it goes It's between ten and $50,000. And it's the only program we have that allows you to get up to $30,000 from us at an interest rate of 3% you retire high-interest debt. So anyone who who has had a situation where they've got to have to get you know, and that could be wow. five, six, eight percent. That's high, or it could be ten or fifteen percent. Because right now, with everything, all the PPP money drying up and that kind of thing, uh, the the lenders out here now who have money, who have to borrow their money, they have to charge you a high interest rate than we do. All all, all of our money, all the money I've ever had, and the small business area I've been working with for for decades, has been grant money. And because it's grant money, I have the, the luxury of being able to structure it in a situation where the interest rates uh, are, are very low and will, rel- and will remain low because we're not worried about having to pay back a loan that we borrowed from my gotcha. on that end. Yeah. All right. So I'll tell you what, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. I'm going to keep you in here because I'm going to bring in Maurice and Ty talking about how people get prepared for this funding. But you let us know where the funding is. Maurice also has some alternative funding options. But I tell you this, before I let you go, I want you to talk about some advice that you would give to these small business owners as they're coming to you to get funded. Drop a little nugget of information. Yeah, do it right now. You want to do it now? Okay, okay. Yeah. I I, I think just in terms of uh, information resource, I think one, one of the main things I would advise people to do is, is have a working knowledge of the industry they're going into. Uh, either you worked in that or you studied it or you know something about it, you know, uh, that can help you kind of get a handhold of how you need to navigate and work through this whole process. I think it's very important. And if you're uh, at a certain size, putting together the team. And the team you get that work with you need to be what I call people who, who uh, think like you think. And about, when I say think I like, like you think, uh, if you're, you're a person that's, that's, that's uh, trying to do things the right way with your business, you don't want to partner with somebody who, who believes in taking a shortcut. And gotcha. that, that, could, that could definitely kill your business. So having that kind of mindset and relationship is, is, is very important. 
And I, I guess also the disability is being able to save you. My liver, I, I call it consumption control. If you're trying to start a business, uh, the best way to start a business is with yourself. Uh, master your own financing, get that in order, and then you, you'll carry that on with your business activity. I've, I've seen so many people who came to me for financing, and we said, well, you got you 20% equity. We said, Lonnie, I don't, I don't have no 20%, man. I said, well, you need, you need to control your consumption. And, and, and right. the problem with, with that is that people have a certain capacity that they're living off of, and they don't think about ways they can cut cut down on that and make a difference in their life. So those those are some right. of the key things I would say that people need to be aware of as they kind of go through and and really try to get financing. And, right. and lastly, I'll admit after that to have have a have a good business plan and, and, and there you business go. plan That's it. That's it should, right should, there. should be flexible. It's not going to be a fixed one. It's going to be it's going to be flexibly flexible and changeable based upon your circumstances where you are. You might start out being small with one one person operation, and you've grown so quickly in the last two or three years. And now it's time to look at maybe having a having a management team that you can bring on. So be right. aware of, of that, and, and stay 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 at the cutting edge of, of of your of your industry and what you want to do with your business. All right. So sit tight, man. Just stay with me. I'm gonna go to break, and I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna bring in Maurice and Ty. We're gonna have another conversation, man. So just sit tight. Right. I'll be right back. So this is Mark Farham, Can't Feel the Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment. Probably not going to, are you? Kids, work, listening to the radio. You're busy, which is great because busy people can't get prediabetes. Oh my, I read that wrong. <laughs> they can. Should have worn my glasses. So visit doihaveprediabetes.org and take a short test because prediabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids? like a stock. Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cat Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. This is Mark Parham, and I'm back. I'm inviting to the panel now Maurice Stewart and Ty Green. Maurice and Ty, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark, how's it going? All right. Ty, you out there? How are you doing, Mark? Hey, you're doing great, man. Hi. All right, Ty, since you're a newbie to the team, I'm going to let you introduce yourself first, and then I'll let Maurice do his thing. So, Ty, introduce us and tell us who you are and what you do. Yes. My name is Ty Green, and I'm the owner of my company, Thailand Bookkeeping Systems. 
here in the Atlanta metro area. And basically what I do with my business, I offer virtual bookkeeping, uh, QuickBooks cleanup setup, as well as QuickBooks coaching. And the philosophy in my business is better books, better business. And I'm just not the typical bookkeeping business. Basically, what I look at in for any of my small business clients is I focus pretty much on the detail of the bookkeeping system, like all the information inside of the bookkeeping system. And I assist small business owners with not just preparing financial reports for financial statements, tax preparation, but also making sure that they understand what really those details are saying about their businesses. Because many times in working with small business owners, um, the one problem that leads to inefficiency with planning, with finances, and with also with taxes. So I tend to implement systems that allow small business owners to accurately understand the financial aspects of their business, which leads to preparing accurate and efficient tax returns. So that's a little bit about my business and what I do. All right. All right, Mr. Maurice, what about you? You can introduce yourself and talk about what your your organization does. Yeah, uh, my name is Maurice Stewart. I'm the founder and CEO of the Outdoor CFO Group. And what we specialize in is raising and managing capital for small and mid-sized businesses. And so what that equates out to is we, we like to come in on the front end and see what companies qualify for in order to get funding and get them funding quickly if possible. And if they are not able to get funding quickly, we go into a phase two where we really help to work with them to establish uh, the practices and the financials and the strategies to actually be able to obtain financing and, and really improve the health of their business. So we have a, a three-pronged program where we work with companies to help them to establish their, their business credibility, their business's viability, and their business's longevity. And uh, we work with, and that includes everything from uh, bookkeeping and financial and KPI monitoring to uh, one of the things that was said earlier on the call was who you're talking and who you're telling your story to being an important part of it. And so we work with our, our network of, of lenders and investors that we've developed over the years to help uh, companies to uh, establish a relationship with uh, financial institutions so that they can uh, have those partners as they grow moving forward. Now, Lonnie, I don't know if one of y'all washing dishes or something. I don't know what's going on there. But uh, Lonnie was talking about uh, earlier yeah, about partnerships and resources and building your team. So as outsourced CFO group, do you help with that? Do you yeah, provide absolutely. resources? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things we really specialize in, I, I say it pretty much every time I speak, is do what you do best and, and outsource the rest. And so even gotcha. for me, uh, whereas we come in and we'll we'll work with you to do your financials, we oftentimes work with uh, partners like uh, Ty Green uh, to do the bookkeeping um, so that we can help out with everything from your bookkeeping and your financials, but we could also help out with your HR or provide a partner on the legal side of things or provide partners on the marketing side of things. So we work with different partners and point you in the right direction to be able to identify the resources and partners that are there to help you along the way because the more you're trying to do your, yourself, 
probably the more likely you are to get burned out. And you're probably not going to be great at everything. You know, so focus on you know, what you're good at and finding the right partners in order to help you do uh, what you can't do or what you may not want to do. You, you know, you want to preserve your energy for the things that you that are important to the business where you're working on the business as opposed to in the business. And you want to be focused on growing the business and getting the right people uh, around you to help, you know, to help you grow the business. And now, Lonnie, were these types of resources that you were talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, great. I mean, though, though, that's the information that people need to be aware of as they kind of move and progress along the line of actually making their business more stable. Right, you know. So, uh, Ty, let me ask you a question. I asked a lot of you earlier. You were helping a lot of people get their paperwork together. What did you see during COVID? You know, Lonnie told his story. What's yours? Well, my story, pretty much what I saw during COVID was simply that a lot of businesses for some fell behind a lot with their with their bookkeeping, you know, focusing on, you know, other areas of their business, you know, trying to recover during the COVID nineteen pandemic. So a lot of the books that I saw was behind and I had to spend, you know, some time just going through like maybe one or two years worth of bookkeeping cleanup so that they can prepare their business taxes or quarterly taxes or even payroll taxes, you know, because the pandemic, like I said, it, you know, caused everything to kind of get out of order and disarray. So I had to focus a lot on QuickBooks cleanup, which led to being able to even prepare tax returns. And that's also outside of COVID. One of the things that I've also noticed a lot since I have, been in business doing bookkeeping is that a lot of business owners would come up and want their taxes done, prepared. They would want them prepared right away, and their books wasn't in the, in the best shape at all. So my business model pretty much focuses around, you know, you can't really prepare your taxes or just like um, Lonnie was saying, with going with grants and everything like that until you focus on the books because I'm an IT person, you know, I'm into systems. And what I, what I always say is the details is in the data. So a lot of the details about funding, a lot of the details about tax preparation, it's all in the data, but being able to have a customized system to be able to report on the data is one of importance. But what I've really seen during the COVID pandemic a lot was just books being out of order and disarray. That's right. Hey, now, hey, Mark, Mar- hey, Mark yeah, go ahead. I, Mark, can I jump in on that real quick? Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I work with a lot of companies when they were looking to get uh, PPP loans and EIDL uh, on, the, on the front end of things. And I think one of the things that hasn't been mentioned is uh, the structure of the business and how you pay people. So Todd touched on it when he said your payroll um, is really important. And so what I think what's, what wasn't said on that is, you have to pay your people, and you also have to pay taxes on your employees. You have to have them as W-2 employees and not as 1099 contractors because that was something that really affected whether, you know, whether and how much you got from a PPP loan. But the, that's, a, that's a component of, to me, the fact of operating your business to maximize the enterprise value of your business as opposed to operating your business to minimize your tax burden. So mm-hmm. banks and the government um, – <laughs> 
and investors, they want you to run your business to maximize the enterprise value, which means you're paying taxes and you're doing a lot of things that you should be doing to make sure that you're on the up and up as opposed to just trying to make sure that you're paying as little tax as possible. So you want to always be cognizant of the way you've got your, stru- your company structured and the way that you're, uh, you're paying people in order to show uh, uh, paint the right picture of what your company is and how they're uh, situated to actually take on uh, debt or, or investors. And you remind me about 20 years ago I had an engineering company and I didn't understand that whole payroll tax thing, man. That is not nothing you want to mess around with right there, boy. Those 941s. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, those 941. Anybody? You got you got some tissue, man? I might start crying on this one, man. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. I mean, when you box with the IRS, you do not win. Okay? No, you don't. You cannot win. So, Maurice, tell me this. You mentioned, like, Lonnie's programs a lot where the city of Atlanta and things like this. Talk about some of your loan programs. Yeah, so so real quick, an interesting stat that I read was uh, only 1% of an investment uh, in tech startups goes to black entrepreneurs. Um, and so even though, like, like black women own 12.5% of businesses in the U.S., they only get 0.02% of investment. And so I, I say that to say, there's a lot of stuff that's out there around getting investors and going and trying to get VC dollars. And, you know, I'm not knocking the dream, but also, and I work with clients to do that. But on the same side that you want to be able to go out and get access to debt products from other entities. And so sometimes if you don't have, um, if you're not able to get that up front, you have to start looking to alternative products. And so what we do is uh, we work with, uh, I have a platform where we work with about 75 lenders um, to do a no credit check. Well, we do a soft pull on your credit to assess your worthiness, but we can get you, get you access to everything from your business line of credit or AR, accounts receivable line of credit. We can do term loans, but then there's other products that are out there, maybe some that are a little bit more expensive, but you may need, depending on your situation, like around merchant cash advances or just getting business credit cards. Um, a lot of banks, you know, like giving financing around equipment financing um, or invoice factoring, which gets creative, which is what you do with that. And then there's something else that's really popular nowadays is e-commerce. So you've got a lot of people that are making money on e-commerce that are getting their own sites, they're becoming entrepreneurs, they're figuring out, you know, a million different ways to make money online. And so we've got products that are specifically around getting funding for your e-commerce business. And so we try to come up with different alternatives at, uh, at decent rates. Um, I, don't, I don't do anything that's predatory, and I, I don't like programs that are out there that are predatory. Um, but we, we try to work with you across products um, to identify what your capital needs are and then put you in contact with them and make that happen as soon as possible. All right. Lonnie, question for you. Um, now, you're, the loans that you have – I remember at one point you had to be denied a loan from a traditional bank before we could come to invest in land. Is that still the case? Well, during during the pandemic, uh, we stopped all of that. Matter of fact, all all of our programs we had with, uh, uh, we got some money from EDA. Um, They actually uh, told us that we have an option to not, not deal with that. Now, 
all that is kind of coming to an end now with some of these programs. Uh, so, uh, other programs we have in place, we can we internally we can kind of set those things up again. Uh, but some of the, the federal funding has has kicked back in where we got to get a, a, a decline letter. Okay, well, I, gotcha. I, I always tell people for, for 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 the average business, depending on how you ask the question, it's not too difficult to get a bank decline letter. No, it's not. <laughs> now, tell me this, Lonnie. Now, you heard the programs that Marie said. You have. Can people combine? You know, I can go get. Maybe I get fifteen from Marie's, and I get twenty from Invest Atlanta. How's that looked on in the market? Oh yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We 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 leverage. Matter of fact, I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the eighteen hundred Jonesboro Road location. Uh, it's a new little strip center out there. Uh, Jonesville Road, uh, but we financed that creatively. It just this, this among because we have so many different programs, we we start to think about ways that we could provide even more money just among ourselves in terms of being able to leverage these programs. So we were able to be creative with that program and provide financing about three hundred thousand dollars wow. and leveraging uh, our programs. But we put but historically speaking. Uh, it's all about leveraging for us anyway. So we we don't have a problem subordinating to a first or second position depending on how it's structured. I did a SBA uh, 504 loan where we brought the identified the bank, we brought the CDC to the table. Uh, bank did 50%, the CDC does 40% of the acquisition of real estate, uh, $3.5 million total project costs. And so we put $100,000 for one of our other programs in it, and that helped to minimize the equity from 350 from the applicants down to 250 in this side, and we put $100,000 in. And the good news for that project, it was an engineering uh, firm that, that we dealt with. Uh, they were able to, to sell that property about seven, eight years later for over $7.2 million. So that was a pretty good situation. And with the 504 program, it's the only program about SBA financing. The laws that it operate to be a speculated investor, too. Uh, it allows you to buy real estate, and as long as you occupy 51% of the space or more, you can lease out the, 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 the difference of that 49%, you know, uh, wow. to the tenants. So, so now not only are you a, a business operator, but uh, you're also an investor, and so now, and and, and that project was so it was so it was so large that uh, the rental income was sufficient enough to cover the whole debt service on everything. Wow! Now, Maurice, so it allows you to be creative. Maurice, what about you and combining loans from other people? Is that can can your group help people do that, or they need to get it all from you? No, no, no. We 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 absolutely. Uh, you know, have different programs where we're gonna where we're gonna be subordinated. Uh, certain pro, certain programs that we work with, uh, they're gonna require they're gonna be first. That's typically if we're working with the client on a little bit more of a formal basis, and we're going through a bank, uh, and they, you know, but then you start. You really want to get into understanding the difference between your business credit and your personal credit, mm-hmm. um, and and where it's lying and what it's based off of. So, uh, you know, we really. You know, we work with companies on the front end of setting them up properly so that they can get as much on the business as possible because most products on the front end for small businesses are going to have some component of your personal credit in there. So you just want to make sure that you're structured it. But either way, 
you, we we, we want to work with other people. You know, the more people that are at the table, uh, you know, I think I've, I learned this maybe from Lonnie, is everybody's always, like, in a hurry to be second. You know, everybody wants to be the first person to be second from a, a investing standpoint, um, less so from a lending standpoint, but from an investment standpoint. So uh, absolutely working with uh, across channels and, and to uh, obtain the capital that you need. All right. Ty, question for you. Um, you know, you'll go in and help somebody get their QuickBooks set up. After you get it all set up, do you, like, disappear or do you keep it going for them? How, how do you help a client stay on the right track? Well, the first thing that I do whenever I uh, set up QuickBooks, and it ties into um, what Maurice was saying about first understanding their business structure. If they're setting up as a single-member LLC, um, S-Corp, C-Corp, all that goes into play with QuickBooks because that's going to set up the, the tax structure and assuring that the data is being prepared on the proper tax forms. Um, and once I establish that, I go through the cleanup, maybe going back maybe one or two years, making sure that all transactions are booked properly, that everything is reconciled, that the business structure is in line with their tax structure, their tax system. And then once I do all that, I pretty much say, why don't you outsource your bookkeeping to me? So I offer okay. virtual bookkeeping solutions where pretty much I, they take me take one as a client. Um, I suggest that they outsource their bookkeeping to me so that they pretty much can focus on other areas of their business. Like what I say, what you do well. A lot of small businesses do well running their business. They know their product, not so much bookkeeping. That's really where I come in. So after I set up QuickBooks and I go through the cleanup, then I become their virtual outsourced bookkeeper where I'm looking at the whole system, not just from the QuickBooks side, but most importantly from the financial preparation side, and then even preparing the information that they need to give to their tax accountant. So I kind of look at myself as the leeway between the person's business and making sure that their business information is provided to their tax professional. So I offer ongoing virtual bookkeeping solutions. So is that payroll and everything, pay my vendors, payroll, everything? I don't need to, I can just go out and do what I do. If I cook, I can just go cook. Absolutely. Yes, you can All do right. whatever you want. Leave bookkeeping and QuickBooks to me, which includes payroll, <laughs> sending the tax information, everything. Now, so I'll tell become you guys the what? virtual that's great, man. I tell you guys what, this has been such a great conversation. It's 8 o'clock. I, you know, i got to start wrapping up here. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to each each of you, and I, even though, Lonnie, you already did one, I'm going to ask you to do it again, uh, just some nuggets of uh, information that you want to partake. I'd like it to be how to get in contact with you, your website, stuff like that. But, Lonnie, I'm going to let you go first. Yeah, so you can you can reach me at my my office number four four six one four eight two nine two four four six one four eight two nine two. That's Invest Atlanta website www.investatlanta.com. And I guess the main thing I would say is that uh, I think I, I I like to tell people just to, and I mentioned it already, uh, just stay ready. 
And by stay ready, to listen to all the three of us talk about different things this evening. Uh, that's helping you to stay ready, basically. Helping you to stay ready in terms of your, your, your business situation, uh, your taxes, uh, how you conduct your business, uh, my, my, my expertise in terms of uh, financing, or how you can really position yourself to be successful. Uh, uh, everything we're saying depends on your perspective and where you are and uh, being the type of person who is able to seek out information, listen to the information, and, and gradually try to make yourself a better business person as you move forward uh, to accomplish your goals and, and directions. And uh, I would say this, I pledge myself to be uh, able to work with the, the people who listen to this conversation with us today uh, to assist you in getting financing uh, anywhere in the city of Atlanta. Good deal. Ty, what are your, your, your wrap-up comments? Yes. Once again, I'm Ty Green, owner of Ty Lamb of Bookkeeping Systems. My website is www.tylambbookkeepingsystems. That's T-Y-L-A-M Bookkeeping Systems. And I could also be located social media, Facebook, and Instagram at Thailand Book. That's T-Y-L-A-M Book. And basically what I want to say to everyone listening, small business owners, is Better books, better business. That's pretty much my motto. I like that. Everything that Lonnie and Maurice, you know, talked about tonight with the loans and the CFO services, all that centers around bookkeeping. Bookkeeping is the key financial component in any business. I don't care from the smallest business to the largest business. Bookkeeping information not only determines, you know, your financial status right now, but I like the term financial health, where it allows you to be able to look at the details and determine if you can and can't do something as a business owner, especially when we talked about this evening with the loans, with the financing, and even the business plan. All that information comes from the details presented by a bookkeeping system. So the valuable thing I say, you know, with any business is make sure that you have the right components in your bookkeeping system, but also make sure that you have the right individuals who's handling your bookkeeping system. There you system, go. There you go. That's, that's the important part right there. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You may have to outsource it, but you definitely yeah, want to outsource it to a So better book is better business. That's pretty All much right. my right. And Maurice. <laughs> Maurice, I'll give yeah, you, I'll yeah, let yeah. you be the last man out. Drop your wisdom. Drop what? your knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, my phone number, you can you know call me or, or text me, uh, preferably at 678-753-6015. That's 678-753-6015. Uh, if you want to go and just do an assessment, see what loans and capital you qualify for, uh, I'm unapologetically black. So, um, and, and my goal is unapologetically to help uh, African Americans and people of color to to grow their businesses, and so my, uh, you can go and spend 15 minutes do an assessment yeah. of your of your capital qualifications at blackbusinessloans.co. That's blackbusinessloans.co, and or you can go to if you want to learn more about our services, you can go to www.credibilitysuite.com, and that talks a little bit about our services and things that we do. Uh, I, I think that, you know, I, I love this panel, and I, I definitely want to follow up. I, you know, I need to follow with you, Lonnie. It hadn't been, been a couple months since we talked, and I want to talk to you, Ty, as well. Oh, yeah. But, 
you know, if you uh, stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Uh, it, it's, it's a great one. And, 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 and better books, better business. You know, I've been a banker, you know, at some of the largest banks. I've done the consulting. I've bought companies and I've sold companies. And I say that to say I've been in your shoes as entrepreneurs. So I know what, what it takes. Uh, I've heard the no's. And, and I've gotten the yeses, and, and I've really dedicated my life to being able to help entrepreneurs to go out there and get capital and live their dream because not only is it just living your dream, but it's, it's really the healthiest way uh, to, to attain wealth. And, and, and on a day-to-day basis, really build that financial health. If you don't have multiple streams of income, if you don't have that sense of entrepreneurship, then you're not in control. So, you know, I say do what you do best and outsource the rest. Call me up, uh, Maury Stewart. Uh, come visit me at blackbusinessloans.co or credibilitysuite.com. And what we'll do is we'll make sure that your business viability is in place so that you're, you're set up straight, your credibility is there uh, in order to help you gain that long-term business longevity. And uh, the success of all is, is what we aim to attain. And uh, this is a, it's a team project. You know, this is not something to do to, alone. So, uh, you know, use the resources that are on this call and that are out there to, uh, to, do, what, to do your best. So we're here for you. And congrats again, Mark, on just being a, a stalwart of entrepreneurship and, <laughs> hey, man. And, and, and the community of Atlanta and, and pulling the people together. I mean, you, you probably know this entrepreneurship space from, from a high level and, and from a working level better than almost anybody. And so you deserve your flowers, brother, for, uh, for right. the work that you put in for entrepreneurs. I appreciate that. I second that. A second. All right. Well, guys, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with me this evening. I'm going to replay this show. I'm also going to cut up your segments so you can have them for your website. But you got a lot of information. We're going to have to do this. You know, now that people are getting face-to-face now, I'm going to have to produce a show or an event somewhere where you guys can come out and then people can actually meet you guys and see how smooth you are, how, how willing you are to help people, because I, I just think that's important. There's so many people out here you just can't trust in these days, and a lot of times you got to look somebody in the eye, you know. So we're going to do some in-person right. stuff as soon as we get through with this COVID fear stuff. But, uh, but I just want to thank you guys for all the work you guys do in the community as well. All right? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. All right. All right. Talk to you guys later. Mark. All right. All right. Cat Billy Talk Radio Show. You heard it tonight. How to get that money. Better books, better business. Better business, better books. When they say stay ready, you don't have to get ready. (laughs) I like that. So anyways, guys. Everyone take down the information. When I send out the replay, I'm going to make sure to have their contact information in there. So listen to this show again. All you have to do is click on the same link you did to listen to it live. You can always listen again later because Lonnie left a lot of information that you guys need to go to Investor Atlanta's site. Go to uh, Marisa's site. There's money out here, but it's not going to be there forever. I want you to take advantage of it while you can. Mark Farham, Cat Biller Talk Radio Show. I look forward to our next encounter.
Thank you for joining us this evening on the Capital Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildertalk. We hope you enjoy the show.